0: everyone around me crying get the money can't hear you when i'm counting scheming on the ming pinch pinching pennies in a fountain wishing well but you're welcome to the haters sidecast i'm gonna be nick this episode oh wow look at you using your government name <laughs> I'm
1: gonna be nick
0: i'm, I'm still so, so being there we go uh weezy red and Bach on the ones and twos back there and this is a very special episode for us We actually have one of my dear friends, Miss Margaret Franklin, joining us. How are you?
2: Hello, hello. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, thank you for coming. Thank you for joining Thank you for uh, putting up with our foolishness today. So uh, we hope that we don't embarrass you too much. But um, so this season, we really talked about wanting to do some different things. So last season, we just kind of, we were having fun. We were doing whatever we wanted to do with it. And, excuse me, we were... Trying to figure out ways to expand it. So with this being one of the most important elections that we've come across, I wanted to reach out to one, like I said, one of my close friends, somebody who has a ton of experience in this field, and just pick her brain and just kind of talk about some things that maybe we don't talk about a lot. So um, I'll kind of cue her up. I have known Margaret for 15 years now. Oh, yeah.
2: she is my wife's Nick. They
0: were roommates uh in college. <laughs>
1: my wife's Nick.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I got all the stories.
0: Yo, <laughs> yeah, we've got some stories, don't we? <laughs> yeah. Can we
1: get those off uh off camera? Can we get those? <laughs> yeah.
0: well, Just some of them. You, That's the unit so. yeah. <laughs> But uh so Margaret actually lives in the D C or you know that area now in she is a district supervisor for the Prince William County, is that correct?
2: That's right. Prince so, William County.
0: Uh, I was able to watch her go through the actual process of not only running her own campaign, but actually winning. And it was something I was super proud of. And so I guess I'll kind of start it off there and kind of tip it over to you. So. you if you don't mind will you give us a little bit about some of the things you've done in that political field and then kind of what you're doing now
2: yeah absolutely well thank you all again for having me and obviously we have an important election coming up so it's an important discussion to have uh particularly for our community so i'm really happy to 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 be here to have this discussion i started off really in college um getting part of the political process i was part of the young democrat and that's kind of how everything started and from there i did some internships on capitol hill Um, and then eventually once i graduated from university of tennessee chattanooga um, i went to grad school at howard which kind of really helped take my career um, to the next level within the political field so um, from there i decided to run for local office on the board of county supervisors which is similar to like a county commission or a city council um, as you would have in Tennessee. Uh, We don't have a county commission, but we do have a board of county supervisors, which is the same thing. So ran for office uh, one, and you know, uh, the county that I live in is mostly minorities, um, Hispanic, African-Americans, Middle Eastern, um, various African uh, countries. So it's very diverse. Um, And for the first time though, Uh, we now have a board of supervisors with mostly minorities. We went from an all-white board um, to first uh, electing the first African-American male to the board a year ago, and myself, along with one other person, um, became the first African-American women uh, to be on the board of supervisors. This is in a district where it's mostly minorities, but we're just now getting the representation that looks like uh, the county. So, uh, it's incredible. We did that in 2020, and we've been doing some fantastic things since then. Uh, advocating for affordable housing, um, advocating for minority-owned businesses, um, you know, advocating for um, you know marginalized communities. Uh, we just uh, created a racial justice commission to examine systemic racism uh, within our county services. So we have completely. Uh, changed the county overnight almost uh, for it to reflect uh, what the residents actually look like. So that's kind of how I became involved in politics and where we are now. Uh, so happy to talk a little bit more about the process.
0: So when you, um, when you were running, I actually like I said, paid close attention to it for obvious reasons, but it was a tight race, right?
2: Yeah, so it how, was definitely.
0: How did you go about winning i mean what what was your process i mean
2: yeah
0: i mean you had to get it out the mud essentially like you had to start from the bottom
2: definitely it was my first time running for office um i actually um, ran against a democratic incumbent meaning uh the guy who was in the seat was a democrat a fellow democrat uh decided to run against him he had been in office for 12 years um had a great base of support Um, had access to a lot more money than I did, but I decided, I said, you know, I'm going to run for this seat, going to put all I can into it. I'm going to be smart about it. And how we won is, you know, there are 12 precincts, um, in my district. And, you know, when you run for office, you kind of pick and choose which precincts you need to focus most on. But I knew that because I was new to running for office and that I had no name recognition, I knew that I had to run up the score in all of those 12 districts, and I didn't win all of them. I, I lost probably four of the 12, but I knew I had to get an exponentially large larger number of people uh, in certain precincts in order to uh, get across the precincts that I wasn't going to win. So we just had to run up the score in every single precinct, work hard. We knocked on over 4,000 doors. We raised about $70,000 just from – People like Russell and his wife, um, you know, donating money, um, you know, from there was someone who donated ten dollars to someone who donated twenty five hundred dollars. You know, so we really it was this was a grassroots campaign. And that's really how we won.
0: Nick, You got anything.
2: Um,
1: Just kind of in, in your position, uh, like what is it seems like it's very rewarding, but. I kind of want to ask a twofold question, like what's like the most rewarding and what's kind of the most frustrating part of of your job?
2: Yeah, that's actually a good question. So I will say the most rewarding is doing work for my district specifically. Like in my district, we have a lot of revitalization efforts that need to take place um, and we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. So that makes me feel good that we're actively working on things to make the community better and we're building programs. And putting money into those programs that's going to be helpful like the housing assistance program the small business program so i like the 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 making the sausage part of it like making the programs and putting it out in the community that's the good part the bad part is and i'm just going to be candid the republicans on the board bite us tooth and nail for every single thing we do even if it's something good they they find the smallest thing and they blow it up to make it seem like, you know, we're the worst people in the world. But so that can be frustrating because we're we're out here trying to be proactive. We're out here trying to work for the community. And since they lost the majority, they're just trying to throw stones in our way at every turn. So that's been the most frustrating so far. I can so see that. How
0: do, so how do you deal with that and not act the way that you might want to act? When, uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> when,
0: when <they're laughs> trying to stop you at every turn?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, in the beginning, we tried to give them the benefit of the doubt, and we tried to work with them, you know, like, what is it that's your priority, you know? But then we quickly found out that they don't have any priorities. Um, their only priority is maintaining their way of life, which, I'm sorry, things have changed. We have more minorities that live in a district now. We have different priorities. Um, you know, things have changed, so... We've tried to work with them and then we realized that they weren't really interested. So now, to be honest, we have the majority and we just push forward our our priorities. We vote for the things that we're going to support. We just keep them moving.
1: Which you have been a minority and everything and a a woman? Has there been moments where somebody has tested you where the real Margaret came out? Or have (laughs) you always been able to kind of take a deep breath and stay professional?
2: Well, you have to stay professional, but there have been a few times where, you know, I've had to let them know, hey, I'm going to maintain professionalism, but don't, don't take it there now. Once this meeting is over. (laughs) Try Jesus, not me. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I can make no promises about what I say, (laughs) but you got to keep a professional. Um, and, yeah, I mean, listen, I've gotten the the racist, you know, attacks, and emails yeah. and all of that. But, you know, I, I I stay professional, but also am very stern and very, you know, like, OK, like I'm a I'm a I'm a check you professionally. <laughs> so that's what I do. I check people professionally.
1: I can see that her last
2: email. <laughs> <laughs> Ceasing so and so.
0: Yeah, Of course. <laughs> With uh but particularly in your area and in your area, excuse me, you uh we talked about you going out and knocking on four thousand doors. How many people actually came out to vote? Did you see an increase in voting or did you win the people who were already active? How did you get people engaged? Yeah,
2: yeah um so our electorate to be honest, sixty-seven thousand people. But when you talk about local elections, not a lot of people vote in local elections. So we have what we call a win number, meaning how many people do you need to convince to vote for you in order to win our win number was twelve hundred people out of the four thousand if we can get twelve hundred people to vote for us because the the margins already gonna be super small because just not a lot of people or not enough people vote in local elections so our win number is twelve hundred people and when I say I mean we were knocking on doors and the I would say the weekend before we were a little short of the twelve hundred you know. And I was like, okay, we got to we gotta continue to knock on doors. You know, we keep a list of how many people said they were going to vote for us, how many people are not sure, and how many people are flat-out no's. So that weekend before when we saw that we were a little short, I said, we got to go knock on the doors of the maybes and the no's, and we got to convince those people to vote for us. And I won by, like, I think the vote count was 1,216 or something like that. So it was, wow. and yeah, and, and we knew that we had to do that extra work. And really the way we did it was we knocked on the doors, we introduced ourselves. Um, you know, I told the people what my vision for the community was, which is what they wanted for the community. Um, I told them how I was going to get it. And I told them why, you know, they should choose me um, to represent them. And it was really just having that real conversation with them and being honest with them about what the challenges are and letting them know nothing's going to change overnight, of course. But I will fight like hell um, to at least get those issues on the table. And our message worked.
1: Speaking of like your plan and, and like your mission and what you have, you know, goals set for whenever you got an office. Um, was it what's one of the things that you kind of promised or said you would work on that you've gotten the, the most I guess resistance towards
2: mm that's actually a good question um, to be honest, it's mostly been like the racial equity part um because you know with the demonstrations happening all over the count uh all over the country, we also had some protests uh, where I live, and um you know the Republicans created this Democrats versus the police. Scenario, Um, and for me, if I'm talking about racial equity, I'm not necessarily talking about the police in every context. I'm talking about education. I'm talking about I may be talking about the police in one sense. You know, I'm talking about everything, and that's it's been surprising. That's where I've seen the most resistance because I'm like, this is a majority minority county. There are more minorities here, so how are you opposing efforts to support minorities? I don't. I'm a little confused on how that works um so that's what I've been mostly surprised by, not because I'm surprised that you know people are opposed to efforts to create equity, but mostly because I'm like, how can y'all not be smart enough to know that this is your electorate? yeah <laughs> you these are be people <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> that, that vote for you. like what are you doing so that's been and the so... most yeah, that's yeah. been the most. But... Exciting. Kind
1: of shows you the mindset of some of the people there that they don't kind of, some of them, not all, I can't speak for all, but some don't care about the actual people exactly. or the people in the area. It's just they have their own agendas and exactly. they don't care, you know, what gets in their way.
2: Yep. Nope. That's a, that's exactly right. And that's what, what I've learned.
0: So Nick and I talk a lot about local elections or to the extent that we can, you know, uh, talking about getting involved in your community and being able to see change. And I think what you've done so far, what you've spoken about is is a good example of why. Like you actually know what people want, you were able to tell them what they want, and now you're actually putting it in place to deliver it. How do we, maybe, because we're not actually running for um, any type of office, we're just people who have a platform or live in a community. How do we go about getting people more engaged um, in local elections?
2: Yeah. it's tough because you have to figure out what's a priority to people. would think the community is a priority, but they don't view local electeds as such. Most people only know who the president is. Yeah. Maybe they're Congress, maybe they're Senator, but if you get below that. Unless someone is super popular, they just don't know. And I think the way we have to change that is letting people know why it's important. Like, to be honest, my job is more important to you than your member of Congress. And the reason why is because when the street light isn't working, that's my job to fix it. When there's a huge pothole or a sinkhole, that's my job to figure out how to get that repaired. When there is a new community being built behind you, that's my job to approve or deny it. Um, You know, if you need local services, it's my job to fund those programs. If something's wrong with your child's school, it's my job to work with the school board to figure out how to resolve it. So I have more of an impact on your day-to-day life than your member of Congress. Um, And so I think we have to make sure we get that message across and let people know, hey, I'm actually making decisions that impact your everyday existence, you know, your community. So, you know, you should pay attention to what we're voting on and what we're doing to make sure that what I'm voting on is in line with what you want. So I think I think we have to do a better job of getting our message out to the people.
1: That's a good point because I'm not going to lie, uh, apart from like the president or the governor or something, when I look on the ballot, it names. Margaret <laughs> probably wouldn't have voted for you because it sounds like a white name. So I'm looking <laughs> for like, I'm just being honest, <laughs> I probably would have, like, I'm looking for like the Quetta Williams or like, uh, <laughs> Marquita or, no. Bradshaw is going oh. to the Senate. She got my vote. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Darius Jenkins. I'm like, I'm looking for names like that. I'm like, I ain't never seen you, but you black, you get in office. So that's a but, good
2: point. <laughs> but to your point, also, that's why. So, and it's twofold. Like, we all have a responsibility in it. It's my responsibility as the candidate to do as much outreach as possible to make sure that you know who I am and that you know that I am an African American and that. And I have your best interests. Um, that means sending you campaign mail. That means being on Facebook. That means everything we do to campaign, making sure that we reach your community. And then your responsibility is knowing when local elections are, and then you know looking up each of the candidates and doing, uh, and doing the work. One thing we did on election day, like I said, we had 12 precincts, uh. The the election day was open from 6 a.m. I think 7 p.m. We have volunteers for my campaign for two hour shifts at each of those precincts uh, every every hour, essentially passing out my campaign literature. So even if you more than likely, if you showed up to vote, you kind of knew like. But just in case you didn't, me or my people were standing there passing out my information. So we made yeah we made sure that you know people at least knew that i was running whether you voted for me or not you knew that i was out there
1: but also like if somebody doesn't know anybody on that ballot and you come out or your someone on your team comes out and have a you know a 30-second conversation with that person you're going to look at that ballot and that's the only name you recognize so right. you're all, yeah. i mean nine times out of ten that's who you're going to pick just from recognition yep so.
2: and that's and that's what and that's why we did it so yep. how does Spark.
0: It, how does the uh, the voting work out there? Because you ran and when it was this year, wasn't it?
2: Or uh, was it late last year? It was late last year. Um, so actually, I started my campaign a year in advance, um, and then the election was in November of
0: 2019. Gotcha. And how long is your term?
2: Four years.
0: Four years. Four so years. Then running for president, right? <laughs>
2: I don't know. You know, y'all gave Barack a hard time. I just don't know. That seems...
0: <laughs> I've told you since I met you that you were going to run for president, so don't make me out to be a liar
1: now. <laughs> I just want to visit to the White House.
2: That's all I want. You just want to go to the White House? We we got to work that out. We got to work it yeah, out. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to go now,
1: but if you become president, just...
2: <laughs> exactly. I just
0: want a presidential party. I want to be able to do some wild stuff. Oh,
2: my get God. You <laughs> <Like laughs> got a, get a, get a free jail card? <laughs> Well, that's is doing with his boy, so why, you know, why shouldn't we?
0: Exactly. So we got a party? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you know how crazy I'm going to talk if I know the president? <laughs> Bro. <laughs> like, you just wait. Wait till I call the president on y'all ass. It's just
2: okay. Just straight reckless. <laughs>
1: so I got a question, uh, and we hear this a lot, um, especially from our people, but you hear my vote doesn't matter or uh, it doesn't count. So, like, what is your message to those that say my vote doesn't matter?
2: Uh, Donald Trump. <laughs> um, I mean, it does matter. And I know we have the whole electoral college and all of that, but all of that is based on the popular vote. All of that is based on how many of us actually get out there and vote. I mean, it does matter. I, you know, and I talk about my election a lot, I can trace every single vote. I think my total vote count. I think what 1,216. I think I said. Mm-hmm. I can tell you where each of those votes came from, where where those precincts came from. I know the ones that I lost. I know the precincts that I won. I know about how much every vote counts. You know, um, and I just I can't stress that enough. And if we don't vote, you know. We, our people don't win. It's, it's really simple, and and we have to vote as if our lives depend on it. And even in local elections, again, I'm I'm the one impacting your everyday life. Um, so local elections matter. And again, with the small amount of turnout for local elections, I'm able to trace you know where those votes came from. Same thing with presidential elections. If in Tennessee, 80% of the people voted for the Democrat, those electoral votes are going to go towards the Democrat. You know, they're going to go towards Biden, as simple as that. You know, so when people say their vote doesn't count, I'm telling you, that's how you get a Donald Trump. Because yeah, <laughs> everyone's exactly. thinking Hillary is going to win.
0: So explain the Electoral College to me. Because there's a lot of uh, people giving out misinformation. So I'd like to just go ahead. I think people just didn't pay attention in high school. But <laughs> once and for all, I'd like to kind of get an overview of how the Electoral College works and what that means.
2: So I'll I'll do the best I can. It'll be very simple because it's not it is kind of confusing, but to the best that I can explain, every state has a certain number of electoral uh, votes that goes towards Electoral College. The popular vote is what determines who gets the electoral vote. So, for instance, like I said, in Tennessee, if most people Vote for Joe Biden, like just the sheer numbers. Like, if 90% of the people in Tennessee vote for Joe Biden, all of Tennessee's electoral votes, which I think is 11, I may be wrong, um, all of those are going go to go towards Joe Biden. And they need 270 electoral votes to win, which means they need most people in each state uh, to vote for them in order for all of their electoral votes to go towards um, a particular candidate now where it gets dicey i think and this is the part i'm not sure about is when you have like a donald trump that wins where is it where hillary won the popular vote but he ended up winning the electoral college um that gets a bit dicey because you have some states that have more electoral college votes than other states even though some of those other states may have pushed the popular vote over for Hillary Clinton. So it does get a little dicey. But the bottom line is, if we come out and vote in overwhelming numbers, you don't have to worry about any of that, because it's going to be very clear as to who those votes need to go to.
1: Good job on electoral. It's exactly 11 in Tennessee.
2: Good job. It's 11? Okay. <laughs>
0: hey, and you should feel special, because I believe that might be the first thing we ever fact check. We, normally, we just say whatever we want to say and and in wrong. We just go court. with
1: it and let somebody else uh, prove us wrong. But...
2: Well, I'm glad oh, I was right. 30 30.
1: <laughs> no, if you was wrong. I wouldn't say anything. <laughs> I would
2: have just told you <laughs> So
0: we've talked a lot about local elections, and I think it's pretty clear, you know how important it is. Um, one last question I have about that, and we'll move on to the national scene. So we'll all kind of take a drink and prepare for that talk. Um, <laughs> but what are some? If I have no idea what i'm looking at in the local elections what are some starting points for maybe a new voter or is this somebody who's inexperienced like who should i look up what should i be like where should i start
2: yeah i think the first step is to go to um the tennessee board of elections website find out when the next election is from their website or you can call them um, and whatever the next election is, it may be a local race, it may be um, a state senator or a state house race. Um, whatever that is, once they tell you when the next election is, you go and you look up those candidates um, and you know if you choose to find out which party they're in, you can do that go to their websites um, find out what events they're hosting, go to some of those events um, you know and ask ask them, questions and make them you know answer your questions and they will i think that's one way to do it or this is what i have always done i'm a democrat i'm you know fine i'm proud to be a democrat so i always look up the local democratic party i just google it that's what i did when i moved here um to the dc area in virginia i just googled prince william county democratic party and i saw that they had a website and i saw that the next meeting was Whenever it was, and I showed up to the meeting, and that was literally the first time I got involved. So you can either go to the Board of Elections, find out when your next election is, and just look up the candidates, or if you're interested in uh, being part of a political party, you can go to their meetings, and you know they'll tell you everything you need to know about at least their candidates and the other and the Republicans too, because they're trying to defeat them, or vice versa. The Republicans will also give you information about you know their candidates.
0: And so I can look up any of this information for every state, right? Just to make yep. it as perfectly clear as possible for everyone.
2: Yeah. And, you know, some states may be more difficult than others. Um, if you're looking at going to a political party meeting, you know, some may not be as active as other, you know, uh, states. But, but uh, I'm pretty sure you can look up 99% of it. So,
0: man. I need a, another drink. So let's talk about the election coming up. We're a couple of days out now. We're what? Six days at this point?
1: from yeah, the, the third the, the,
0: the day of election. Yep. Uh, the most important question that I want to know is how do I get these people to stop texting me? I'm getting texts <laughs> from <laughs> two states now, and it's making me
2: mad, <laughs> <laughs> and I voted a week ago. Yeah, I keep on getting the Florida. I keep on getting the Florida text messages. You got to reply. Stop texting me. I've already voted. I'm serious. Nah. I'm
0: yeah, and you're dead serious. And it's funny because I did that not expecting it to be a real person. And she was like, oh, my bad. And I was like, oh, wow. Oh, wait. Oh, <laughs> Glad
1: you didn't say what you really wanted to say, thinking it's an automatic.
2: It's real. Well, i tell you, we, when I was running, we did text messages. Um, we had an organization do the text message. There's like a company that actually fills it out. Um, But, yeah, if you respond back, um, you know, it may be a live person or it may be computerized, but if you say unsubscribe or stop, they, I mean, they know to stop texting you, and hopefully they will. Um, Or, you know, I'm getting a phone call from somebody in Florida, too, that keeps calling asking me for money, and it's like, okay, (laughs) you don't have to call me every single day, but um, and I think I'm going to have to tell them to stop calling me, too. I haven't done it yet, but but, yeah, if you just tell them to stop, they will.
0: I had a great call with somebody. Uh, I was bored driving to football practice, and uh, somebody <laughs> called me from Texas, wanting to tell me about the Democratic candidate and what in Richmond, where we used to live. And we talked, mm-hmm. and I asked all about their platform, and I was like, "Hey, I live in Murfreesboro now, so you're wasting my time." <laughs> <it>. <laughs> you can
2: tell you everything. <laughs> I
0: mean, I was interested. You know, I still have friends that yeah. live down there. I can be yeah. informative to people. That's true. Uh, that is true. So, but where are you? But did you yeah.
2: relay that message? Yeah. Did you tell anybody?
0: No, I didn't. But I could <laughs> if I wanted. had not told a soul. <laughs> That's
2: terrible. That's terrible.
0: Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, are you surprised? You've known me for both of y'all have known me for quite some time. <laughs> no, I'm, not Why not I'm bothered I'm, to ask. I wanted
1: everybody to hear the answer. That's the only reason I asked.
0: Get it on the record. The most important yeah. question you should ask is do I even remember what candidate it was at this point? I don't know. And this one was only like two weeks ago. So
1: <laughs> I already knew the answer to
0: that. Oh man. Um so national election coming up. Why should I care to vote in this election?
2: Oh my gosh. Um my friend who is actually running for governor in Virginia, she has a great saying. She's like you know, I can't take four more minutes of Donald Trump, let alone four more years. And <laughs> <for> me, <laughs> that sums it up because I'm just like, he has been so destructive. And by the way, everything that he said he was going to do, all those terrible things that nobody believed, he actually did it, or at least attempted to. Um, and he's done actually more uh, in a bad way. And so I just don't think that we can afford another four years of what we've seen i mean COVID had to be kind of the worst thing that could that that could tell us that we need to go in a different direction i mean he already was trying to ban muslims and get rid of latinos and you know he was trying to convince african americans that he had done more for them but all while locking more african americans up trying to take away their voting rights um not revitalizing communities i mean all of these things and you know he tries to make us think that he's actually for us when when you look very closely he's done more harm than good and i just think that we're in an emergency position right now um this is urgent we don't however you felt about hillary whatever whatever we don't have time to play right now um i don't i don't it's almost like having him as the president is like choking us like I I literally can't breathe and I'm not even saying that as part of the movement like I feel like I can't do this another four years I just I cannot do that another four years (laughs) you know and it may sound selfish but I'm like for my sake please just vote against the guy and so that's why I think everybody needs to get out and vote
1: I, my favorite soundbite from Trump I, don't, I mean I, don't, I think the guys a racist I don't like the guy but yeah. when he said what do
2: you have to lose <laughs>
1: like when he was to get the
2: what my whole game, like what do you mean my life I don't know like what the hell do you, do you have to lose
1: <laughs> I, that was hilarious because like one thing about Donald Trump he's going to say whatever is on his mind either yes. live or through social media yeah. so Yeah. You would never second guess what Trump is thinking, which I don't think that's a good quality from a president. No. But he he is what he says he is, like he he doesn't sugarcoat it.
2: No, I mean it's not presidential. And it doesn't it's not diplomatic. It it has weakened our role around the world. It doesn't help in negotiations when Democrats and Republicans need to work together. It, it just—it's been destructive.
1: It's literally like we had a contest, like a, a celebrity contest or a reality contest, to say, who wants to be president, and he won. And he And won. this is the result of that. Yeah. Like, I don't. Like, I don't understand how someone with no political experience won the highest political position of this free free world. I don't understand I don't
2: how someone
1: as disrespectful as. Yeah. But he got mm-hmm. women votes. I don't understand how he did that. Like this person, he's he's he he, he hates women. You know, like he talks bad to women. He has no respect for women, and yeah. got women votes. I don't yeah. understand how so, that's possible.
0: Uh, white women. Let's
1: well, yeah, that
0: that. Yeah, that's that true. Is.
1: Well, and like, that's how a- do they, they even vote for him? Like, how does that even possible?
0: Well, so, um, yeah. So from what I understand, and as we look into this and, you know, I mean, just laying out from part of my understanding, so feel free to correct me, but what I've seen or what I've read is that particularly for that, that sex and that demographic is that they typically vote the way that the male in their households vote. So you see a lot of them, and while that's not saying that's true across the board, the trend is they tend to follow that lead. Um, so from what I've seen is... I mean, their numbers match pretty well. So even if it goes in voting against their best interest, it looks like they're going to vote in the interest of what they perceive to be the best interest of their household.
2: Yeah, my friends and I were talking about this um, the other day. And I, you know, I do have to mention that 13% of black men did vote for Donald Trump. So we're going to talk about that in five seconds.
0: I, but I, that number what, was like 92%.
2: <laughs> it was like 19% but, well, Democrat. well and here's the thing here's what we talked about and i think what the assessment has been going to white women white men and then even black men we what we talked about was people vote even, even if it's subconsciously on their access to power and their access to yeah, essentially power. So the closest access to power will always be white men, as we know. Um, the next closest to power, we think, you know, are white women. The next closest to power after that are black men. Next closest to power or at the bottom of power will be black women. So, you know, we think the reason why you see black women voting against a person like Donald Trump in The numbers that we did black women we voted for hillary or for the democratic party i think in the 90 percentile um and we think may not necessarily have much to do with hillary herself as much as it has to do with we understand that we are the 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 least closest to power out of all of the demographics and so we know that we are inherently marginalized um and you know we were talking about like black men at 13% and why and we were discussing well a they have closer access to power and b and you got this is where you guys can come in and give me your thoughts and tell me you know if i'm misunderstanding this but that some black men um think that listen we just want as much access to power as possible and who gets us there the greatest even if that person even if it sacrifices access for black women. And that's that's kind of the thinking. Now, of course, I can't speak that speak to be true. And, and we also have to remember, we also have to ask a black man who voted for Trump this too, right? I
1: wish we could have got them on this segment. Just
0: to, <laughs> <be inside laughs> there.
2: Just to have that can conversation.
0: You want me to speak to it?
1: Oh, you can speak to it.
0: Okay. So... I was gonna to speak to it regardless. I was just being nice to listen. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my I have I actually have a theory on this, surprise, surprise. But from I do a lot of conversation with people just to play the opposite viewpoint, the devil's advocate, if you will. Like I don't necessarily believe what I'm talking about, but I want to see what your thought process is. And the okay. only thing that I can really gather from talking to people who are leaning that way. Is that they are um, what's the word? Not an antagonist, but uh, the person who just goes counter, uh, like counterculture, or you know, they go the opposite of what mainstream is. And so, if you I look at it, that too, they go that route, but it's not necessarily, you know, saying just that. Now, Trump is somebody that's, most of the time, when you profile these type of guys, they are they like to go counter. They like to feel like they're smarter than everybody in the room. And they like to, they seek attention. I mean, that's typically the profile that I've seen for them. So what's going to get you the most attention? I.e., perfect example, Kanye West. Kanye, for his whole career, has been the person who wants to go counter. He wants to be the smartest person in the room, and he loves attention, right? So every time he's about to drop a new album or he's working on a new project, something comes out of left field. It's, you know... Jesus or uh, the Jesus album, and it's having Jesus on stage. It's um, what else did he say? The comments about slavery, and now it's meeting with Trump too. Now it's I'm running for president. These he is the per- picture-perfect example for that person, and it's attention-seeking at its core. It's they want attention. Even if it's at the expense of everybody else. So that desire to feel like I am the smartest person in the room, because most of the time they will point out things they'll say, you know, and I don't like to normally speak in generalities, but they'll say stuff like, you know, uh, Obama hasn't done anything for, never did anything for black people, you know, and I can pull up a full list of things that President Obama was able to do, the things that he was up against by having a largely Republican, um, Congress that he was battling on just about everything. Um, You know, just that whole aspect of what, you know, it's just, essentially, that's what we're up against when we're dealing with them. And to me, they're almost lost causes. Like, I really firmly believe that, um, you know, when the revolution or when we were trying to free slaves, like, it was very widely known that everybody couldn't be brought along. Those are people who would have, you know not made the trip, to say the least. They would have definitely been left behind. And that's all it is. Like They want to be seen, they want to feel smart, and they want you to know. And it doesn't matter who it affects. It doesn't matter, even matter if it affects people in their own household. They don't care Mm -hmm. about that. I'm smarter than y'all, and y'all are stupid for not coming along. That's what I got from it.
2: It's so crazy. Like I'm actually tripping right now um, that you said that, because in that, I forgot about that part, but in the conversation I was having, That's exactly what they said, too, that everything you just said was exactly what my friend was saying. Like, you know, some black men can be contrarian and they just, you know, want to do the opposite of what mainstream is doing. They want to seem smart. And we did talk about Kanye. Uh, We did talk about going all the way back to like slavery, like literally everything you just said was also given as one of the reasons that it's just it just blows my mind. It's crazy.
0: But see, I deal with all of these different personalities so frequently, you know, like I actually have black people. I know black people that are going to vote for Trump. I know, you know, a bunch of white people that are going to vote for Trump. And it's not in the sense of like they're racist, but at the same time, Nick and I talked about this on the last episode or we touched on it. It's what benefits them. So it's that access to power like you were talking about. But in the sense of that it's going to this works for my family. Yeah, he's a little racist, you know, a little racist, or yeah, his policies made this, that, and other. He says some things that hurt people's feelings, which is another narrative that though that, you know, they like to spin. But it benefits me and my family, so I'm going to vote there. And, you know, it is what it is. Like I know, you know, I've got a friend who has never voted before in his life. And he's voting for Trump to try to get him back in. And this is a guy that is one of my closest friends. Like it's it's just
2: wow. You know, it's is he black or is he white? Oh, he's white. Okay. He's wow. white,
0: but most of his friends are black, so you know.
2: That's so so interesting. And what attracts Trump to him? Like what? Why is he attracted to Trump?
0: It comes down to finances and like a lot of it. So. The analogy that I like to make a lot of times, if we go back to Barack when he was running, Barack ran on hope and he made people who felt like they were, um, like they lacked power or like they, you know, were not important. He gave them the hope. He gave them the feeling of feeling empowered. And so what, and I told people, and I don't know if you ever pay attention to me on Facebook, but I told people four years ago that Trump was about to get elected, because what I was able to see was what he's doing is he's now taking people who felt like they were marginalized under Barack, and now he's making them feel empowered. He's taking Barack's whole platform, or his whole, everything he's running under, and he's now turning it around to make, make people who have always traditionally been empowered, make them feel like they were not empowered, and that mm-hmm. he's going to empower them, and so he, he falls under that it. you know, like mm-hmm. I'm self-made. I don't understand why, you know, he doesn't not necessarily say that or doesn't feel that way, but sure. everybody can do this. And this is the guy to get us there. I don't care mm-hmm. about people's hurt feelings. They're just mm-hmm. words. That type of stuff is what it comes down to.
2: Incredible. Wow. Wow. Yeah, this it's something that um, has baffled me. But having these recent conversations, it does make sense that the that that's the logic and the thinking. I couldn't understand it before now.
0: And it was something, and Nick, you can chime in as well, but it was a question that I asked Nick as well. And it's something to really think about. I won't ask you to answer this question, but if there was an opportunity to put somebody into place that, yeah, they may or may not be racist, but they're definitely going to say some things that are racist, but it largely and overwhelmingly empowers you and your community like you're directly going to benefit from this would you be willing to vote against that because of his morals and that's mm. something that nick and i talked about and i you know me giving my opinion i don't know that i could if dr Omar johnson runs for president and he's got a chance of winning and i know that he's going to say a lot of wild stuff but at the same time he's going to help our community get back to where we really or get to where we really want it to be i don't know that i'm voting against him Hmm. Hmm. I and hear you. Yeah. So it's just you know, that's that's a conversation that we had, but that's kind of where we kind of left it at. Um, mm. yeah. yeah. I think that's, that's a, a good little
2: point. look.
0: On
1: it. No, that's a good little look on the other side of it, and, and kind of get in the minds of Trump supporters. You know, he's going to say a little racist things. He's going to say some things off the wall, but definitely me and my family gets my vote. You know, that's it's just as simple as that. So. Yeah,
0: and we talked about, or we we talked about uh, looking to black men voting for them and the contrarian nation, uh, narrative that they like to run with. So I'll throw this out to you as a Democrat, you know, and somebody who I know does a lot of research. I'm going to turn this over to you. We know why not Trump, but why Biden Harris?
2: Hmm. Yeah, that is a good question because a lot of people talk about, you know, Kamala's record as prosecutor, you know, Joe Biden voting in favor of the crime bill in 94. Um, but there are a couple of reasons. I think, A, first and foremost, just look at your options, which is a value. You got <laughs> to anybody else. Okay, so let's just look at that. But then let's also talk about policies because that's important. Um You know, I'll just throw out, for instance, the, um, you know, Ice Cube and the situation with um, his contract with Black America and how it kind of all that went down. Um, First and foremost, and I'm not going to name everything off the top because it's on the website, but Biden had a plan for Black people and communities of color long before Ice Cube showed up with the contract with Black America. Now, we appreciate that and it's important and we need to hear from people like Ice Cube to reach the people that for some reason we as politicians can't reach right so i do think that's important that he was doing that but it, it, it's kind of a couple of foes like he was kind of shopping his plans to both camps you have to ask yourself why did trump respond the way he did and why didn't he work with biden and i think he said that you know the biden people told him well um Wait till after the election, when in reality the conversation was more so of uh, we already have a plan with with you know for black America. It's a lot more parsed out and, and a lot more comprehensive than what Ice Cube was shopping around, you know. And the reason why Trump Trump jumped on it is because Trump did not have a plan. He had a skeleton plan that didn't really go into any detail. So that's why he jumped on it, because it was easier, right? and so um i use that as an example of we have a candidate on the democratic side that is thinking about these uh, issues in a more thoughtful way has admitted when he's made mistakes such as the crime bill which by the way at the time this is not saying that it's okay but at the time even the congressional black caucus voted in favor of it and supported it mainly because they saw the epidemic that crack was doing in their community so at the time not having as much foresight as they probably should have, um, they thought that that was the answer to getting crack off the streets, but not having enough foresight to say, well, this is going to disproportionately impact African Americans and black men on top of that. So, you know, everybody voted in favor of the crime bill in 94, at least most people did. Um, number two, when you look at Joe Biden's record overall, he has a pretty darn good record, particularly as a progressive um he has uh, been good on issues with regards to the economy uh obama did trust him enough to um uh be in charge of all of his uh uh, gun safety um bills um you know obama put him in charge of uh, his cancer focus on finding cures and research for various types of cancer and even he was in charge of economic recovery because remember Obama came in during the financial crisis. Joe Biden was in was in charge of running portions of that program and getting a deal with the Republicans who he had relationships with. Remember Obama was only in the Senate for I think uh maybe 3 or 4 years, so he brought Biden in who had those relationships and they were successful at getting the economy into the green and out of the red. So when you look at Joe Biden's record, um, he's not perfect, of course. I voted for Kamala in the primary, um, but, but he is a candidate that I think we can rely on. The biggest reason why I think it's safe to vote for Joe Biden versus Trump is because Joe Biden will listen. Trump doesn't listen to anyone who disagrees with him, and he's afraid to say, I made a mistake. With Joe Biden, you can at least put people in his circle that he will listen to. Because, listen, let's be honest. White people don't always understand our issues, which is why you got to have people in the room to convey our issues to them to get them to understand. That's why I feel comfortable voting for Joe Biden, because I know that he'll do that. I have friends that work for him now that's in some of those inner circles. So I'm comfortable with voting for him because I know who's in the room. And so I'm trying to tell people, you can be confident and comfortable in knowing that he's not going to always get it right. He's going to be Joe Biden and make some gaffes, but he's going to be a thousand times better than Donald Trump, and he's going to listen.
0: So what, as a you know, minority woman in politics, what impact does Kamala have in this, uh, I guess, in this race? And then just in general being as a as somebody who wanted the presidential nomination and is now running on the vice president like what does she bring what can she bring to the country in her role now as not being the head person in charge
2: yeah i think um i, I think the vice president role traditionally has been more ceremonial but i think particularly with joe biden you've seen the vice president play a much more active role even with mike pence you know he has congressional experience so and really he's probably being underutilized by trump um because mike pence has better relationships than trump does um so i think the role of the vice president has been um has gotten better significant significantly over um the past several decades you have vice presidents with much more um legislative experience in the president particularly joe biden when obama was president i think that helped him um and i think even um with kamala i think she'll be able to play a greater role in these communities of color but she's much greater than that right she's not only for the community of color um smart enough particularly with her record um as attorney general in california they can utilize her in many different ways they can utilize her to talk to communities of color you can utilize her to talk to um, the criminal justice front and she will be strong on criminal justice reform. People have to understand that as a prosecutor, your job is to prosecute first and foremost. And then, um, you know, her record, I think, has been overstated a little bit in terms of how many black and brown people he's put in jail. People talk about uh, her truancy uh, record in locking up. Um, students who were late to school but she'll tell you that or their parents i mean she'll tell you that she didn't lock up not one parent uh, under that law it was more so to get people to get their kids to school as kind of a deterrent um but but anyway i think kamala can be a great asset in that she has a strong record on the criminal justice side um she does have a lot of legislative experience obviously not as much as joe biden but that's okay and then she can speak to many different communities, not just the African-American community. And I think the truth of the matter is, I think it took a while for African-Americans to come around Kamala because, um, you know, people have to be introduced to her. Who is she? Um, you know, is she really one of us? Does she really stand for us? Um, and I think we're comfortable enough now to say, yes, she is. Uh, and I, I'm a big supporter of hers.
0: So with her being a Howard alum, uh, her being an AKA, and you know having done a lot in the D.C. area, obviously with her, you know, most of her political career being in um, California, have you seen any difference in the amount of support from specifically Black women? Like I had, I was, you know, maybe this is just an assumption, an assumption, but I wanted to see a rally around her. Have you seen anything to indicate that, or is that is it kind of just par for the course now?
2: No, I think, in the, I think when she was running for – I think she has way more support now than when she was running for president. Um, I think pe- when she was running for president, people were skeptical. I think even some African-American women were a little skeptical, like, okay, now who is she exactly? You know, they're hearing things about her record as a prosecutor. They're not really liking what they're hearing. Um, but I think once we learned more about her – Joe Biden picked her for the ticket. Um, I think we definitely got more comfortable. We, you know, found out, you know, of course she's a Howard alum, aka she understands the culture because she is she is the culture. She's part of the culture, um, and that, you know, I think people are a lot more comfortable now than when she was on the ticket herself. Which is, it's interesting to me because I would have thought it would have been reversed, right? I would have thought that she would have gotten a ton of support. the community when she was running for president but um but i I just think that people had to learn who she was a lot more
0: so now talking about biden and harris you know i am incredibly poor are they (laughs) going to do anything about these student loans because i'm tired of paying them like what's up i know bernie said you know they were going to be done what are biden harris going to do about these student loans
2: I got to that. I think I saw something about um, them wanting to create some type of program to forgive um, certain types of student loans. So I know they're looking into some for, for, forgivable program. Um, but don't be surprised if Trump comes out on Friday and say he's forgiving everybody's student loans. Don't fall for it.
0: So that was something else. That, and I think Nick and I had this discussion but as well. But I told him, I said, look if trump wanted to if and he should have done this months ago but when they were the democrats were mostly running on a you know student loan forgiveness that was a major push if he would come out and actually enacted that then and pushed it through because let's be i mean i get it there are, you know checks and balances that man's done whatever he's wanted to do so far mm-hmm. so if he'd already pushed that through. That would have been a massive blow for them to have to overcome while they're trying to find a candidate. Because we're yes. so divided trying to get through the primary that the Republicans already knew who they're pushing through. So take out a major thing they have to run on and now they're having to scramble to come up with something else, you know? Like that was something. So I can definitely see him saying, Hey, by the way, and it'll be mm-hmm. something small, it'll be five, six thousand dollars. Every American who has it, you know. But he'll say, you know, we're doing that now. Now you should vote for me. So mm-hmm.
2: i can see it yeah. i can see it too and i'm just like tuesday next tuesday is the election usually trump does major announcements on fridays that's what i've noticed and i'm like i hope he doesn't announce some major initiative on friday to try and get people to vote for him on tuesday but you know we'll see but student loans are important i, I i'm pretty sure by then has a loan forgiveness program? I don't know the specifics of it. I so said I'm trying to get mine forgiven too. Hey.
0: You, go ahead, Nick. Oh no, I'm just laughing because I don't
1: have any, so I'm pulling trump. Have you?
0: Uh, <laughs> I mean, now you can shake your head. You know, we're not going to release a video, but you think your boy had COVID, or is that a publicity stunt?
2: No, I think here's the thing. I think he had. I think he had COVID. I mean, I thought about this a lot. And it didn't do him any favors. Because, okay, if his whole thing was COVID is not like a big deal, like, you don't need to wear a mask, you don't need to social distance, it's fine. Democrats just want to take your freedom. That was like their whole thing. And then for you, I think he was embarrassed by it. I think they tried to hide it. That
0: means he was about to die standing down there. Man, I think that was
2: I think that was just terrible acting. And everyone's like, I don't know if he's going to make it. I'm like, I think that's just wishful thinking on some people's part. <laughs> I, think, I think he did have it. Um, I think they were embarrassed to admit it. And then I think in the midst of it, they probably thought, okay, how can we exploit this? But it didn't go so well, I don't think. Because that, that just made them look irresponsible. So I do think he had it. I think... I think they didn't want to admit it. And then they tried to figure out how to exploit it. And then that didn't work.
1: What do you so, think, Russell?
0: I, I think that he had it because, <laughs> I mean, as I listen to people way smarter than me, they talk about um, what is it? Something it's a term, a political term, something about sympathy or shock or it's something that you like get. What is it?
2: Like the sympathy vote or something like that?
0: Yeah, it's some term I listened to somebody say, but anyway, that's what they, the angle they were trying to give, but I don't think, so my whole theory with him is, I don't believe he ever really wanted to be president. I think it was a stunt to sell books because he was actually working on a book, and then he's like, holy shit, I'm winning, you know? And so, and I think that when he was going through the primary, like, he never went through the primaries. Like, he was a real candidate. He just got up there and did what he wanted to do. He was making a mockery of it. And then he started winning. And then he's like, I think the whole idea was for him to get there, push some other people out, and then back out of it. And he was like, no, I'm cool. I'm going to actually go do this. (laughs) And so then he got into office and he realized, wait, this is actually hard. Like, this is not an easy thing to do. And Mm -hmm. so I think – that somebody that's arrogant enough to try to pull that off and still like think that you're a good president, like I honestly believe that he thinks that. I don't think that he would. I think if it came out, he would do anything he could to like to squash it. And so the fact that it came out and it was news means that in my head that he actually had it. Now the whole I beat it in two days. I think that that's just a way for him to not do any more stimulus packages and things like that. It's kind of like if I am 76 years old and morbidly obese and I beat it in two days, what are you 30-year-olds complaining about? I'm not giving y'all another $1,800. Well, he also
1: has world-class physicians right.
2: <laughs> around him. Yeah,
0: like, We're talking about somebody who's delusional. He still building <laughs> like that wall is going great.
2: Well, and I was just surprised that he didn't get sticker than he did. Or maybe he did and we just didn't see it, but I'm just like, this guy is old. And I'm like I hope Joe Biden never gets it because I'm like these people are old, so if they get yeah. it,
1: that, they would why, be. Why guys. isn't there an age restriction on president? President,
0: there is just on the young side.
1: It's just so on you the can't young be like side. under what like forty
2: or is it what is it? What's 35. the age?
0: Thirty five. Yeah, because I became eligible last year.
2: You, hey, can I be a vice president? Are you like planning that or?
0: No, I actually <laughs> um, I actually have talked about it for. Quite a few years. But being a president? This podcast with Nick um, has ruined any chances that I have of. Oh, the it hasn't.
1: Trump, if Trump can be president after all the things he's done, we got a great
0: shot. Trump managed, I, I, get, I Trump managed to get a quarter or a half billion dollars in debt. Like, they won't give me $500 right now. So, <laughs> like, it's a big difference in where we're at in life. <laughs>
2: Yeah, but did anyone get any stimulus funds? Did, did you not guys recently. get a check? Tr- oh, yeah. Well, not recently, yeah. Yeah, no, we, course, uh, we got some Trump checks.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, we got the Trump checks. They came through, but I mean, that was so long ago. And, you know, like if I truly were unemployed, what what is that? Oh, that could have done nothing.
1: No. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, that's moving to help. But I did get that trouble. I purposely filed my taxes late to get the trust. Right.
2: Vote. But I'm like, is <laughs> anyone going to vote for him because of that?
1: If I don't he, know. If, he, if, he, if he gets another vote. one by Friday, oh yeah, <laughs> if he gets another one by Friday that'll start hitting people accounts, I guarantee you that'll swing the vote at least
0: 20%. Oh, 100%. If he started putting like $1,500, 2000 a person in people's accounts right now, it'd be Trump in a landslide.
1: Yeah. It wouldn't even be close.
2: Honestly, like, call me on Saturday, because I'm nervous about Friday. If he's going to do anything, it's going to be on Friday.
0: I'm not going to lie to you. My vote can be bought. Like, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what that number is is. yet. There's a number there. (laughs) It's somewhere. Now, it's not $1,200, but... I don't think it's too far from that number
2: either. Well, like you said, if he came out and said, I'm forgiving everybody's student loans or most people's student loans, it's Buy a nice wrap. It's a I wrap. Would, I, I,
0: I would ask him to give me my early vote back because I <laughs> <laughs> I need to get this man in office. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, we can't, we can't, whatever happens on Friday, if anything, we cannot fall for it. He's going to he's going to do whatever he can to pacify you for the moment and then just be destructive. Nothing is for your long-term benefit.
0: He doesn't plan to, I don't think he plans to live past the next term anyway. So like somebody who's done whatever he wants to do, I think he's just going to go out in a blaze of glory. Like for him, if he dies in office that would be the greatest thing for his legacy ever
2: oh my gosh he's
1: going to bomb russia or something but uh, he's not going to go out just quietly
2: well that's I, another thing we have to make sure he doesn't do any like foreign policy stuff on friday either like another like i don't know if you guys remember when he like kind of brokered a peace deal and i was like i can't believe he just brokered a peace deal between it was between uh pakistan and israel no palestine and israel like yeah. look it I up know. and it was like freaking out
0: I was like, that's never happened before, and Ever. I didn't trust it, because it was I him.
2: Guess, I don't think anything, I think he announced that something was going to happen, but I don't know that they actually implemented anything, but I will tell you, I was freaking out. I was like, I hope no one is watching the news or paying attention, because if people realize that he brokered a peace deal, how do you get over peace in the Middle East? Like, how do you get beyond that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> So my last big
0: question that I have, and then you know I'll let Nick come up with anything that he may have, so Trump's plan for the black community, his plan the what five hundred billion dollars is what the number that he was touting it was something outrageous, it was something maybe it was five billion or it was a huge number. Are you familiar with it, or do you know what that plan's supposed to be
2: um, I'll be honest, I am not familiar. Um, I'm just assuming it's some generalities in terms of opportunity zones for like revitalizing communities, maybe some HBCU stuff. I don't really know much.
0: Uh Nick, if you want to ask a question, I'm going to look up this plan because I feel like whatever she just said, did Nick leave?
2: <laughs> this is what I deal with on a daily basis. <laughs> it's like, okay, let's take a 30 second break. <laughs> i'm back
0: in time nick i'm gonna look up what this trump plan is because i do feel like it's important to at least discuss and get somebody who is you know smarter than both of us combined to talk about it
2: i'm actually looking it up too it's the it's called the platinum plan
0: there oh, the it is I knew it was something you know, you, know, it you, know you black people love platinum i know I, i'm like i feel like that was the conversation though like didn't do <laughs> platinum back in the day
2: yeah and by the way um he calls the black lives matter movement a symbol of hate so i just feel like i i can't even have a real conversation about his plan for black america i'm reading yeah. on it now uh
0: so yeah it was 500 billion dollars okay and what
2: let's
1: see. he said he uh, made june very famous
0: He he
2: did say that. (laughs) A lot of his stuff is symbolic.
0: Um, Let's see. President's Platinum Plan also proposes recognizing Juneteenth. Um, So he's going to officially recognize that. I don't see really anything that talks about what he's going to do. It's like. like, It talks about outlawing. Like, they finally made um lynching a crime i guess Which, by the well, way
2: uh, that didn't even come from him. that didn't even come from him that came from members of the congressional black caucus and actually i think kamala pushed for that see he lies
0: uh-huh. <laughs> all right so that concludes everything that i have
2: <laughs> and on that uh-huh. note <laughs>
0: Do you have anything that you want to leave the people with um, as we close in on this important date or anything in general?
2: I just, this, look, I'm going to be real. This, we're beyond being woke. Everybody just needs to vote for Joe Biden. Um, You know, do your research, ask your questions, but just know that you have a greater chance of having your voice heard with his administration than a Trump administration. I'm telling you, you know, um, we don't need to play games with this one whatever happened in 2016 we'll let it go this election we cannot play games with this everybody needs to vote and vote early if you can
0: yep you got a uh, few days few days yep so, and i believe early voting is still going on in most places until friday yep um and then maybe saturday yeah, so check your local uh, you know the local times for that uh, if you have not been able to vote uh, remember they are obligated to give you time off on Tuesday to do so so utilize that uh, get there early pack a lunch do what you've got to do uh, and make this thing happen uh, I can't I can't lie to you until you I don't care who you vote for but exercise your right mm-hmm. do your research and uh, just kind of know what you're doing. That's all. That's why Nick and I wanted to come together today. Um, and I'll let Nick give his fill, but uh, it's so important what everything was going, what's going on, and being responsible. I mean, it's not about just us; it's everybody coming behind us. So, uh, I definitely wanted to make sure that we were able to vote and that we got a really great opinion out there. So, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it.
2: Thank you, yeah. guys. And
1: yeah. Yeah, much appreciated. Um, I know we we joke and a lot on this show, but um, it's, it's so many people out there that don't know much about um, poli- politics or voting or the importance of it. So we thought it would be a good idea to get someone who has experience in that field and kind of give their side of it and you know let the people hear it. And you know, hopefully it sways. You know, if it sways a hundred people to vote, then that's hundred more that that wouldn't have voted. So. We definitely appreciate it. We know you're a busy person, so we appreciate you taking out the time to, to sit down with us and have this
0: conversation.
2: Yeah, this was fun. So please invite me back for any topic. This
0: has been the one serious episode that we'll have all season. We <laughs> appreciate you all for coming out and listening and giving us your ear. We appreciate uh, Margaret for coming out. and Thank you for putting up with me for 15 years, though you're stuck with me now. Uh, <laughs> for <laughs> this is Russell signing off. This is Nick. Uh, you almost forgot your part. Thanks. <laughs>
1: no, I didn't. I, I thought Margaret was gonna do up for, you know, maybe get one last shout out, but you know, or oh, do you want to give a shout out to anybody?
0: I want to give shout a shout out, out, out to all my constituents.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all my constituents, Woodbridge, Virginia, Prince William County. Um, I do appreciate the love and always love coming back to Tennessee as well.
0: There it is. This has been Haters and Lovers. Us.
1: like they playing Black Jack. You'll be lucky if you.